0: Now presenting this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Yesterday, again, uh, preparation uh, for today, and for those of you that cannot stay for the meal, we we just kind of feel sorry for you already. Uh, man, uh, starting was it uh, Friday night? I don't know when it was, but uh, ham started being cooked in our house. I'm mean, the big old whole hams, and uh, boys, I've been if I smell like ham. <laughs> don't eat me, There's, it's out there. Uh, but it made me think of you know a story, Is one of my favorite stories about the lady that always when she, she cooked her ham, she always cut off both ends of the ham. And, uh, and her, her daughter was saying, Mom, why do you cut off both ends of the ham? And she said, well, you're supposed to. She said, why? She said, well, well, my mom always cut off both ends of the ham before she cooked it. She said, let's call her. And uh, so she called her and she goes, I don't know. She said, because my mom always did it. And so they said, well, we'll call grandma. And so uh, grandma, they called grandma. Grandma, why did you always cut off both ends of the ham before you cooked it? And she said, because the pan was too small. <laughs> well, sometimes we do things we're not real sure why we do them. Uh, and we just do it because that's what we've done before, or what we've seen others do before. And the same thing applies today. When it comes to the tradition of Easter it's like well you get up and you wear something kind of colorful you know maybe for those of you who didn't don't feel bad um you know and you know you 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 go to church service and blah 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 and you do all that kind of stuff but so what I want us to do is to to really take a step back and just and 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 realize what it is really on God's heart today and that is for you to 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 be able to take a look at your life Uh, And, and rather than just kind of fitting it into a tradition is allow him to speak to you today as far as where you are. Uh, don't try to, uh, you know, conform to any expectations, but allow him to speak to you where you are. And and if you're here today and you don't care very much about God, but you know, you've, your arm was twisted and you know, you, you figured you better come here with family, that's okay. Just be honest about that. But if you have any questions about, you know, God, what's going on in my life and what's the truth about You and how significant is this day really and how significant should it be in my life, then I would just, I would urge you and beg you just to ask Him. Say, God, sh- just reveal Yourself today because what we've been singing all morning and what we'll continue to talk about is that He is alive and He is living and He is here. His promise is that where two or three are gathered in His name, He's there. He's here. And so you can have an encounter with Him. And so I just want to encourage you to, to do that today and allow Him to speak to your heart uh, through the teaching of His Word and through His Word. If you would open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, we're going to look there in just a moment, 1 Corinthians. And you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans, and then you get to 1 Corinthians. And, and I want you to read a passage with me in just a few moments. But before we do... Uh, I just want to, uh, make a statement and see if you agree with that statement. Some days are better than others, right? Okay, uh, anybody would disagree with that? Some days are just better than others. You know, and as we look at the, uh, life, you know, of Jesus Christ, you know, what we've been, what we're celebrating today was preceded by a very tough day. It's probably the worst day ever, and we call it Good Friday, and we'll talk about why in a little while. Uh, but that was a bad day for, especially as followers. And and you've had bad days in life, not just spiritually speaking, but you know in life. But we need you know the good days and the bad days, you know, for it to all kind of level out. And and we and the bad days helps us really appreciate the good days more, right? So here's an example, you know, as far as a bad day. You've had this, uh, I've had this. That's that's a bad day. This did not happen to any of the food that is being served today. <coughs> Just, just want to be clear. I want you to make sure that that's a bad day. All right. So, but, uh, you know, th- there's the good days that we have uh, that help us understand the bad days. Now, I was thinking about the days, you know, that Jesus spent leading up to this, uh, to His resurrection. Friday, uh, whenever He was uh, put on trial, went through all those mock trials, and when He was tortured and beaten and crucified, and then he was buried, and then and then and on Saturday there was just a day of confusion, you know, for all the people that were following him, uh, not understanding what was going on. And then on Sunday, a good day. And even on that good day, though, uh, there was many that didn't believe, you know, even those that were closest to him didn't believe after the women had come and and, and to the grave, as the Bible tells us, and Jesus wasn't there. And uh, he said, "Go back and tell them," you know. To, to to meet me and, and they go oh, we don't believe this why because sometimes bad days and bad experiences distorts our perspective it's, it makes our thinking kind of stinking and, and we we don't understand what it is that that god wants but he can clear out this and what we're celebrating today is that he can remove that to where we can embrace the goodness that this day really brings so as i was thinking about this Easter message i you know it's it just comes down to this. This, what we are celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the day that changed the world. Wouldn't you agree? It is the linchpin of the Christian faith. You're going, you know, and if you're still seeking, that's okay. You go, I'm not going to agree with you right now. Be good. Be honest. But this is the day. This is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. You know, Jesus didn't come to give us some rules to live by. He came to give us Himself in a relationship so that we could experience Him. Um, so it was the day that changed the world. And one of the things that we do often uh, is, uh, I do, is whenever I'm thinking about a, pap, a subject or something like that, I'll go, I'll, I'll go on Google Images. Any of y'all ever do that? Google Images, you know, pick up some pictures. And so I, I Google uh, Imaged uh, the day that changed the world. And here's what came up. It was hundreds of these. You know, the day that changed the world. And it was just picture after picture. And this is, this is the clean version, you know, but a lot of it was with the explosions and all that happened on 9-11. And, and the title was the day that changed the world. Now, true, true. That was a devastating day. There was, there was a uh, death. That was, that was a day that changed America. And, 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 many parts it changed the way things operate in the world. I know it has changed how security operates at airports, you know. So, but I mean, it, it changed a lot of things, but I, I don't know about changing the world. See, some 2,000 years, some 2,000 years before 9 11, there was an event, the event that we're celebrating today that truly changed not only America, it changed not every continent on the face of the earth, it changed eternity. And that is what we're celebrating, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This day is truly a celebration. This day is is an announcement of how much God loves you and how much God loves me. It it divides history. Anytime you uh, write uh, a date, your birth date, it's it's in in relation to what? It's in relation to the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus split history, A.D., B.C. and A.D., Everything's in relation to this. This is the day that changed the world. It's not just a colorful holiday. It's not just a memorial day. It's not a history lesson. It is a day that we can embrace and celebrate our living God. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here's the Apostle Paul and he's talking to a group uh, there at Corinth as far as you know, this whole aspect as far as resurrection, as far as life, and, and and they were there was a lot of different beliefs. There's a lot of different beliefs that, that you'll hear, opinions that are espoused out there as far as, you know, life after death and things of that nature. But here's Paul coming uh, to speak very honestly to them under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living as he was writing this, though some have fallen asleep or some have died. Verse 7, Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles, and last of all, He appeared to me also as one abnormally born. And what Paul is talking about there is, you know, the fact that uh, he wasn't a a disciple in, in the same vein as others, but also the radical conversion that he experienced on the road to Damascus. Now pick up in verse 12. He says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. What he's saying, if Christ hasn't been raised, what are we doing here today? Why would we even be here today? If Christ is not alive, then then why? It's useless. Now, down to verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, and who's he talking about here? Adam. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Who's he talking about there? Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. What Paul is coming to there is is giving you and me uh, this overview as far as what we are celebrating as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the fact that Jesus doesn't just come so He can kind of clean us up. He came to give us life. Because in Adam, the, the Bible says that we are born spiritually dead and separated from God, but God has done everything so that we can experience His life. And we're celebrating His resurrected life today. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank You so much for this day and the opportunity that we have to come and to sit at Your feet. We acknowledge that You are here. We ask that You would speak to each of our hearts, uh, that we would be courageous enough to ask You to do that for which, Lord, we have need of. Lord, we pray that through Your Word and through Your presence, Lord, today that some of us would come to experience life everlasting, that this would be the day that changes our lives for eternity. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so since Easter is not just, you know, uh, a celebration of eggs and the bunny and all that kind of stuff, since it's not just a memorial day and it's not just a history lesson, uh, since it is the linchpin of our faith, uh, I want to spend our time today just uh, allowing God to just sweep over us what it really means and then what it really matters. You know, what does it matter to you uh, that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead uh, some 2,019 years ago? What does it mean to you that Christ is alive today? What does it mean? And then what does it matter? What difference will it make in your life and my life today? So here it is. What does it mean? Number one, Jesus. What Easter means, Jesus is the person He claimed to be. Jesus is the person He claimed to be. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, even though they die, yet shall they live. Here's what Jesus says. I am the resurrection. You know, I am life and I am life eternal. Um, Jesus made a whole lot of outrageous claims. Here's what Jesus said while He was on the face of the earth. I am God. I am perfect. I am the only way to heaven. I am the Savior of the world. That's what Jesus was saying about Himself. So what What the resurrection helps me and you understand is that Jesus is the person that He claimed to be. You know, not just simply a good teacher, not just giving me and you information. Our lives are not changed by just information. Our lives aren't transformed. We're not given new life as Paul says that we are given new life through Jesus Christ. It's through one man this life entered the world. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and have it eternally. Jesus said also this, the next verse there on your outline. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says not, I am a way. He says, I am the way and i know that it's getting watered down more and more and more as far as the gospel of jesus christ and and what it what it takes for us to encounter life and 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 to be able to experience life eternal i know i know it's getting watered down and and there's a lot of well meaning people that are that that have different opinions on that but why would we why would we stake our eternity on an opinion you know it's it's Jesus is saying here, helps me to understand, like for instance, if I wanted to call you, if I wanted to call you on your cell phone, by the way, uh, turn, turn the sound off, turn the sound off. Okay. Uh, if I wanted to call you, it, to say all roads lead to heaven, you know, hey, I can get there like this, would be like me saying I can dial any number and your phone would ring. Well, we're, we're going, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense whenever Jesus, the resurrected one says, I am the way the truth, the life. What Easter means for us is that Jesus is the person that He claimed to be. I'm the Savior of the world. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. I am life. I'm that for you. And I'm that for all. But also what it it means is that Jesus has the power that He claims to have. Jesus has the power that He claims to have. As we read through the New Testament, You'll see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus is doing all of these miracles, all these healings, where the lame are made to walk, the deaf can hear, the blind are able to see, the dead are brought back to life, the guilty are forgiven. This is all that Jesus is doing. And that's what he said after his resurrection. This verse in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has the power that he claims to have. And what his claims, what he claims, is that he can change your life. He can change what's going on in your life. He can change your eternity. And 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 he has the power to do that. S- but without faith is impossible, please God. We just need to ask Him. Maybe there's something in your life as you come here today that's always bugged you, that's kept you at arm's length against uh, from God and from experiencing the love of Jesus Christ. He's saying, just ask Him. He has the power that He claims to have. He's got the power to change your life, my life. But also we see that next verse there. Jesus said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. Here's what Jesus said. He's saying, I had the power. I mean, I could have called legions of angels to keep me from going to the cross, but it is the cross that was necessary for me and you to experience life and the forgiveness of our sins. What Jesus, I mean, what Easter means is that that Jesus is the person that he claims to be, and he has the power that he claims to have. At the end of his life, after they killed him, they put him in a tomb, they rolled a stone over, they sealed the stone, they set guards by it, trying to prevent the inevitable. They could not. The the only burial where there's somebody guarding to try to keep him out. Jesus is the person He claimed to be as the power He claims to have, but it also means that Jesus does what He promises He will do. Look at this first verse in Mark 10. It says, They will mock and ridicule Him and spit on Him and whip Him and kill Him, and three days later He will rise from the dead. And this is what Jesus had said. When He cleared out the temple and they go, going, What authority do you have to do this? He said, Well, I'm God. They're going to prove it. He said, Okay, Uh, this will be the story in three days later. I will come again. Jesus does what He promises to do. Maybe you feel like He hasn't fulfilled His promise to you. Maybe there's something you've called out to Him for. But today, it's a reminder that His desire is that you experience His love. He tells us this, though. God opposes the proud but gives grace to what? The humble. It's when we come and humbly present ourselves to Him That we experience the love and the life that only Jesus Christ can bring. Uh, This next verse tells us as the women were coming to the grave, uh, to the tomb that morning, uh, and they didn't find him there, here's what it it says He says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said, just as he said. Jesus has said, if you come to me, if you come to me, I will give you life. If you open up your life, you're the door of your heart, I will come in. He does what he promises to do. So that's the point. If he promises to conquer death and does, then he can fulfill all the other promises that he has made in your life and throughout Scripture. But what does it matter? That's what it means. What does it matter? What does it matter? What does all this that Jesus has done and the fact that He is alive today and has created me and you to experience that, what difference does that make here in 2019 in my life and your life? Here are just three things. There's a whole lot more. First, my past can be forgiven. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life and Christ Jesus our Lord. The Apostle Paul says that in in 1 Corinthians 15, that we all were born into sin through one man, through Adam. We enter into this world as sinners. We enter into this world separated from God. You go, that's a raw deal. Jesus says, no, but I've done that which makes it right. I've done that. For all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying Jesus came so that you would have life and have life eternal, that you would be alive spiritually, and that your life now will make sense because we're created for eternity. The truth of the matter is, is that, you know, this day, this day, uh, we are one day closer, unless Jesus returns, to, to the day we die. The fact is we don't we don't like talking about that, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but this day brings us one day closer to that. What, is that. what does that mean? Well, if we look at it from the perspective of God, he'll say, Well, no, your life, your, this day, th- this day is not even a dot of ink on the story of your life when it comes to eternity that God has created us for. He created us so that we could be in relationship with Him. But we can't, apart from first being forgiven. All of us have messed up. We all know that we've sinned. Sin is missing the mark of God. It's missing the purpose for which God created us. It's doing things on our own. And sin is what put Jesus on the cross. People have asked, you know, why did Jesus have to die? You know, and then, but why did He have to die on the cross? Why did He have to die such a torturous death? I think it's because to show how horrendous and hideous sin is. God is a holy God and He has created us to have that relationship with Him. But apart from the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for redemption, uh, forgiveness of our sins, we can't have that. But He said, just come to Me. Come to Me. And your sins will be forgiven. Look what He says uh, in, the, in, that, in that verse there, he says, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful self. We, can, we can't do it on all. But God gave you new life together with Christ. He forgave all our sins. He took it away and nailed it to the cross. Our sins nailed to the cross. Past, present, and future. That's good news. That's great news. That's the good news of the gospel as we come to uh, embrace what Jesus has done for us. Boy, that's what it, it, that's what it matters. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Um, not only that, it tells us right here that not only can your past be forgiven, but He says that your present can also be abundant. Your present can be abundant. Look, look at that verse there. It says, uh, next slide there, there we go. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why Jesus reminds us, I came that you may have life. You go, well, I don't understand. Jesus says, just come to me. Come to me. You go, my life right now is not abundant. matter of fact, it's filled with more bad days than it is good days. He says, I have the power... And my promise is that I will give you contentment and peace and joy in the midst of that. I will give you comfort. I will make you an overcomer. What it really matters is is that your present, no matter what you're going through, can be abundant. That's his promise. Jesus does what he promises to do. Paul put it this way. He says, I can do... All things through Him who strengthens me and empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength. Here's the spiritual dynamic that we are celebrating today. Jesus is alive. He is here, but He's here spiritually. And the difference that makes is that, hey, we're all spiritual beings. One day this old body, this old body be gone. But we will live for eternity spiritually. We are spiritual beings. And Paul says that whenever we come into relationship, when he came in that relationship with Christ, he transformed him and he infused him with the strength that he needed to face everything. What are you facing today? You know, what struggles, what problems, what difficulties, what disappointments are you facing? Here's, Here's the invitation of Jesus. Just ask me. Ask me in to come. And I will give you strength in your inner self. The truth is, is that His love is amazing. The verse on your outline in the bulletin, I mean on the bulletin today from Ephesians 1, Paul's saying, I just wish that you would understand. My prayer is that you would understand the resurrection power of Jesus in your life. He wants to give that to me and you today. You may live your whole life and not fully understand that. Just ask Him. Just say, help me to understand that I need that resurrection power. God gives grace to the humble. He poses the proud. Don't be so proud that you go, well, I'm just not going to do that because it's kind of awkward and there's some people sitting around me and they might see my lips move. No, no, don't be proud. Humble yourself before Him and allow Him to bring His love and grace to you. Some of you came today and, and, and you're ready to throw in the towel when it comes to just uh, life or expecting abundant life. But God's message for you today is don't give up. You know, Swallow your pride and just look to Him. Surrender to Him. What does Easter matter? You can be forgiven. Far as east is from west. Remember no more. You've been on your computer. Some of you have been on your computer tech folks and where all of a sudden, you know, you had all this stuff there and you just hit delete and it's gone. Now, if you're a good techie person, you can come back and find what was on there. Well, listen, when it comes to your sin and my sin, listen, God's done what is necessary to where it never shows up. He's forgiven. Your past is forgiven, sins in the future forgiven. Your present abundant. That's what he wants you to experience. But also, he says, "My future can be secure." What does Easter mean? My future can be secure. A moment ago, I spoke of death, and we don't like to talk about death, but it's a universal issue for every one of us. Unless Jesus comes, we will all die. And the truth of it, you know, uh, as I'm getting older, you know, I'm I'm. I am find myself going to a few more funerals than I am weddings, you know, as far as family members. We must face death. Even though we don't like to talk about it, um, we, it, is, it is something that <coughs> only a fool would go through life facing the inevitable and not dealing with it even though we don't like to talk about it, there were children that were asked to write a sentence about what they understood death to be. And (coughs) one little girl, Amy, she said, well, when you die, they put you in a box and put you in the ground because you don't look so good. (laughs) Little Stephanie says, well, doctors help you so you don't die so you can pay their bill. Uh, That's the lighter side. The fact is, is that every single one of us, every single one of us have this longing to know what happens after we die? You know, what is it? What's for real? What's going to happen? The truth is, that there's going to be more time on the other side than there is on this. Vance Havner said, the only, It is the hope of dying that gives me peace and living. What? It's when we come to understand and have the assurance and the security of our life eternal that life takes on ultimate meaning. Truth of the matter is, is that there are two things that everybody needs to know about heaven. And number one is this: heaven is a perfect place. It's a perfect place. It is absolutely perfect. I'm, I remember hearing Rick Warren say that after his son, you know, in this imperfect world, committed suicide, you know, what uh, seven eight years ago, and how oh, devastating that was to their family, which he said absolutely was the worst day of his life. He knew that he, his son, was a believer because of. Uh, the mental illness that he was dealing with, uh, and they had had the best doctors and the best resources and all of that, and the best people you know, around him, but you know the disease just um, had its way. But he said, you know, he finally came to the place, you know, through going through that grieving process, that you know he was convinced. He said, if my son Matthew, my son, he could could talk to me from heaven, which he can't. He said, but if he could, he would say, Daddy, you got it wrong. And you go, what do you mean I got it wrong? He said, no, it's even better. It's even better than the way you described it. I don't know what perfect is. We don't know, but heaven is a perfect place. That's the number one thing. But the second thing is this. Only perfect people get there. Only perfect people get there. And for me and you, that means we need a Savior. And that's what we're celebrating this Easter is that Jesus came. To save us from sin, save us from ourselves, save us for Himself, for all eternity. There are two ways that you know we we enter into this perfect heaven. One is we we are we can approach it the performance plan. You know, it's like me trying to do good enough to get there. Uh, you can get in the Hall of Fame, hitting just a little over three hundred in, in baseball, right? Uh, but it, if you take that and put that against heaven you got to hit a 1,000. That means you You got to get a hit every time. Ain't going to happen. You and I, we're never going to measure up. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So one's the performance plan, us trying to do it, but the other is the personal plan of coming and kneeling before Jesus and saying, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I do believe. I do believe. Not just that you lived historically, but I believe That you came because you love me. I believe that you lived a perfect life. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you were buried, but I believe that you were resurrected on the third day and that you are here now. And I don't understand it all, but I believe that you did all that because you want a relationship with me. See, that's what it matters as we come to celebrate on this Easter day is that, we have this hope of Jesus Christ. We're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. But the truth of the matter is, is that God has already secured the best for me and you. There was a there was a young seminary student that uh, uh, you probably didn't know this, but you can go to seminary and play basketball. They was playing pick uh, pickup basketball game in the gym and there was a janitor over sitting in the corner. And he went up to him and... Uh, he saw that the janitor was over there reading his Bible, and he got over there a little closer. And he saw he was reading Revelation, and he went up and he said, "What are you reading?" He goes, "Well, um, Revelation." He said, and, and the st- seminary student said, well, "Do you understand?" He looked up. He goes, "Yeah." He said, "You know what it means?" He goes, "Yeah." He said, "What?" He goes, "We win. We win." You know, I. The truth is, we may not be able to wrap our mind, all, the, all these deep theological truths, but we can wrap our minds and our arms around a person. The person of Jesus Christ who loves you and that cares. There's one minor story I want to just share with you. It's, it's a story happened years and years ago. It's about a guy named Joseph Damien. He was a Belgian priest. He was sent in 1873 uh, to do mission work in Hawaii. You go... Well, golly, I volunteer for that. No, he was sent in, in 1873 to do mission work to a group of lepers. And when he when he arrived, he began trying to build friendships with the, the, all the people of the uh, leper colony there. But they rejected him. He built a small uh, chapel and held services, but hardly anyone came. For 12 years he did this. For 12 years he did this. But finally, after these 12 years. He gave up. And so he went to to leave and he was standing on the pier where he was going to board the ship to take him back to Belgium. And he looked down at his hands and he saw some white spots. And those white spots could only mean one thing, that he had contracted leprosy. So instead of going home, he returned to his work in the leper colony uh, because now he was a leper. News of his disease spread quickly throughout that community and hundreds of lepers were coming to his house. They understood his pain and his despair. And the following Sunday when uh, Father Damien arrived at the chapel, the building was filled to overflowing. And that began a tremendous ministry. What's the difference? The leopards knew their pastor, understood their condition. They knew that He cared about them and that He could identify with them. That He was one of them. See, Jesus came. Not so we can just hear a story. Jesus came to identify with you. To let you know that there's nothing that you've ever experienced. No temptation. No disappointment. No abandonment. Uh, no rejection. Because He's experienced it. He said, I can identify with any. What are you going through? I can identify. But I want you to know, we win. We win if you come into a relationship with me. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank You that You promise a better day in our relationship with You. Lord, I pray that today would be a good day. It'd be a good day not only for You as we worship You, but it'd be a good day for those individuals here today that have had questions but never have had a relationship with You. But today, the good news of Your resurrection is that, Lord, You stand ready to forgive, to embrace, to give life, hope, and truth in eternity just by faith. Coming and kneeling and acknowledging their need for a Savior. And on this Easter Sunday, I want to just lead you in a prayer. If you you believe, if you believe this message of Jesus Christ and you've never trusted Him, you can just simply pray a prayer something like this. It's just whatever's in your heart. But Jesus, I know I need a Savior. I have sinned. I have done life my way. But I see that it's a dead end, it's not abundant. My future is not secure. And I don't want to spend a godless eternity away from You. I want to have the hope of heaven and abundant life here and Your power and Your peace in my life. So I come and I ask Jesus that You come into my life, that You forgive me of my sins. And that you welcome me to your winning team as a child of yours. Others are here today even as a believer and yet things haven't been abundant. There have been problems. There have been struggles. And yet, somehow, some way, you've just managed to kind of drift off into just your own performance plan, trying to do it yourself rather than coming and casting your cares on Jesus. Today, He's saying, come, come to me. I will give you rest. Lord, I pray that this would be a great day for You as we worship, but as people come and accept Your wonderful offer, the ultimate gift, the ultimate sacrifice, and receive You as Lord and Savior. For we bless your holy name In Jesus' name we pray Amen Thanks for listening to this week's message From Crosspoint Community Church You can find us on the web at CrosspointOnline.org There you'll find links to our social media accounts We gather every Sunday at 11am In Roswell, Georgia Tune in next week